Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. Hey, thanks, JLD. This is the Fizzle Show. Actionable, articulate, and entertaining conversations about running a business in the modern world. It's like a powder keg of experience and punk DIYness to help you ignite. Every Friday, we publish another conversation about entrepreneurship, building a thriving audience, and the battle of supporting yourself doing something that you care about. Your hosts are, if we were disembodied artificial intelligence, that's AI, <laughs> if you wanted to use just two letters to talk about it, uh, Corbett Barr would be the ship's computer from Star Trek. Calm, authoritative, access to a deep well of knowledge, and can write the ship when things are getting out of control. Barrett would be Jarvis from Iron Man, polite, sensible, and tasked with trying to manage an out-of-control compatriot. Jace, that's me, would be her from the film of the same name. Empathetic, curious, and a little insecure about her existence. That one comes to us from Andrew at BlenderTraining.com. I'll be your Scarlett Johansson anytime, Andrew. In this episode, this is the fourth in our six-part small business roadmap series. Every day for six days, we're releasing a conversation about a brand new roadmap we're developing for indie entrepreneurs. Stage four, the build stage, is a big one. As Corbett puts it, this stage is a monster, and a lot of people get stuck here. So in this episode, we talk you through each step of this stage, so you can rise up when others start to sink. There's a lot of fun stuff here, stuff like naming, website building, social media accounts, etc. And that stuff is exciting, even when it gets challenging. But built into the nine steps of build is also some difficult tasks that won't happen overnight. Listen to this episode to get into the mindset of the big picture, avoiding the hamster wheel of building an audience forever and ever and ever and ever without ever finding a way to earn a living with that audience. Now, if you're not already, subscribe in iTunes so you can get the next episode in your sleep and follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 103. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. So let's get into it. You guys wake me up when the episode's over. <laughs> oh, I was walking... <laughs> Boom, 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 down the street. Boom, 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 boom. I was looking boom, 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 for a friend to me, but I didn't find that, did I? Boom, boom. I didn't find that, did I? What did I find? Boom, 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 boom. Just a pair of eyes. Looking at me. Boom, boom, yeah. Giving me some glimmer, glass of paradise. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> we can do that all day long. Yeah, yes, you could. I, I fucking. Totally I mean, I can, can do what I'm doing. I'm just chilling. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the best thing is my eyes are closed and I open them up. I still see Corbett just rocking yeah. his head. I was yeah. just enjoying the show. All right, and we're here for our our next installment. Oh God, we were here our next installment <laughs> of, we of of the uh, of the, uh, the, the how to do how to do a business in under what what how to do a business in thirty minutes sixty seconds okay. <laughs> 60 or less 60 seconds no but you know i wanted to um I well hold to, on give it set us up first and then yeah. and then give it give a clinic yeah whatever you're saying well okay uh we have been pouring over 
the six stages that we've outlined in the Fizzle Roadmap for Building a Business. I wanted to clear something up a little bit because we were talking before a little bit about how we thought these were, I think somebody said the six common stages that businesses go through. Yeah. And I don't think that's true at all, mm. actually. These are the six stages that we think a business should go through yeah. um, in order to be successful. And so, you know, in some of these stages, we've outlined things that we recommend people do. And actually, I think a lot of businesses don't do those things. Mm. And it leads to a lot of roadblocks and struggles and yeah, yeah, I think that's a good clarification. I, when I say, I think it was probably me that said that. When I'm saying that, I'm saying like, hey, look at Steve Kim, Chris Gilbo, uh, us at Fizzle, uh, Pat Flynn, yeah. uh, Bulletproof Coffee, uh, Apple. I don't know. Look at a lot of these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Success- and yeah. and you, you, the successful ones, and you'll probably, you could probably section up their story in these chunks. Yeah. And we're telling you, like, this is what we've observed. Yeah. and learned and have actually the truth through. is most of the like think about steve cam or or apple or something like that these things are that, that just was a, a randomly i started fiddling with this and that led to this conversation and that led to this friendship and that led to this opportunity and that led to and next thing you know i started a thing called nerd fitness and i thought it was going to be that and then it ended up being about this over here they it, it actually rarely happens where you start with doing that clarity piece we talked about in the first episode of the series. Or you do, but it's just very haphazard. Well, I guess what I'm saying is it used to be uncommon. And now through, you know, lean startup, Steve blank, we're, we're kind of, a lot of us have gotten used to these ideas, you know, the whole, the, the micropreneur movement of, of like, we can make a small, meaningful little business. If we listen to customers enough to find out what's a tiny little thing that we can make their life better at, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so that's become a trend. And it hasn't always been. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so now we're saying like, given all of the things that we, all of the stories that we've heard, all of the books that we've read, all of our own experiences, how would we take, so, how would we dream of, of us starting our own business out? Or, right. Or, or like if we work with someone. Or if we were coaching someone. If we, if we worked with someone. These are the steps we would we guide them, them through. It? Exactly. exactly. And just to catch people up, if you're just tuning in and you have listened to the other episodes, or if it's been a while since you last listened to one of the episodes, um, the goal here is we would love to hear your feedback on these stages because this is something that we're workshopping. You're hearing a little bit about the future of Fizzle, um, not necessarily what is currently in Fizzle. And this is something we're going to be layering into the curriculum so that when somebody joins, they have this comprehensive step-by-step roadmap to go through because we've heard a lot of times that from from feedback that people really want a step-by-step roadmap. Absolutely. Um, and so we've gone through uh, three stages. There are six stages in total. And the first three stages, just to catch up, we went through clarity, and the goal of clarity is to know how a business is actually built and who your business will serve. Stage two was all about connection, and the goal there is to connect with other entrepreneurs for support, guidance, accountability, and friendship, because we've seen commonalities amongst all the successful businesses we've been witness to um, in that they tend to have a lot of other friends who are entrepreneurs, and they help them get through the hard times. Um, stage three was planning and the goal of planning is basically to create a simple and flexible plan for your business, not to make something that's concrete and set in stone because it's just not going to work that way. You mentioned Barrett that you had done a plan where, um, each little, uh, idea that you had for the plan was a sticky note Mm -hmm. so that you could move them or you could change your mind pretty easily. Right. And I, I really like that. So um, that stage culminates in what we call a business sketch. We have a template for that. And the idea is you're just jotting things down as you think it's going to go to give you marching orders. But again, things can change. Now, stage four is what we're going to cover today. 
And the goal of stage four, we call stage four building. And the goal of stage four is to start your business and then to grow both what we call a minimum viable audience and a minimum viable product. Mm. So at the end of this stage, you're going to have some sort of really basic product and some sort of really basic audience. And you're going to have the business structure and all that kind of stuff. So you can imagine like, this stage is pretty big. Mm-hmm. This this is where it gets progressively this is, harder. This is the stage that people probably think that they should start at. Yeah. Or, or, or not not think that they should start at. This is probably the only stage that they know about. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's you're like right. when I think when I thought about starting a blog or putting together a business or anything like that, I was just dumb. I was dumb. I didn't I didn't know about uh product market fit or what it takes to get to revenue or or, or all this other stuff or what I would sell or if they'd be willing to buy. I just was imagining building something. Yeah. And if you build it, they will come. Yep. And the, the irony is, yeah, it, that happens sometimes. Yeah. It, it often, oftentimes doesn't happen too. Yep. And so the, what we've done up to now, these first three stages, we're about, okay, now we know that all of the meat and potatoes is in the building, building this thing. So how can we, before we spend a bunch of time doing that or invest any resources in it, how can we like be re- more confident in the fact that in that in this working out as opposed to this totally failing and and the goal of the first three stages is to set you up for success and to mitigate the risk that you're going to spend a bunch of time building something that doesn't end up working out you can't ever get to 100% certainty and we think it's a waste of time to try to fully validate your business because you can't really do that but that's the goal of those first three stages yeah. they don't have to take very long i i think i mean we'll we'll find out when we get fizzlers going through this process how long the average takes i would imagine a couple of months maybe to get through those first three mm-hmm. stages this next stage building to think about, I'm going to set up my business now, the actual business structure. I'm going to build a basic audience, you know, somehow, yep. and I'm going to build uh, my first product. If somebody's really dedicated and slick, especially if they've been through this process before, then that could take up two months. Let's yep. say we did that with Fizzle. Actually, we had about seven weeks from when we started working until when we first opened the doors. And, um, but we had a built in audience already and I know how long it can take to build an audience. Mm So I'm guessing if you're really fast, this might take three months. This could take six to nine months. Mm -hmm. Um, the problem is most people get really stuck in this stage and it just goes on and on and on for a couple of years. And they, they're, they wonder why they're not making any money from their business yet when they don't have anything that anybody could pay them for. And so the goal of this is to get you past that, uh, quagmire of trying to just build a blog or a podcast for its own purpose so that you realize that building a blog is simply a way to gather an audience so that when you create a product, you have somebody there to buy it. Right. How many steps in this stage? There are eight steps in this stage. Oh, this is a big one. This is a big one. So let's do it. Let's do it. All right. The first one, um, we don't need to spend too much time on this, but the first one is to create the operating system that you're going to get work done with. So this is about productivity and about realizing that um, the the difference between success and failure oftentimes is just your ability to commit to doing the work and having a good system for getting work done. Because mm. you know how people just spin their wheels and yeah. they don't hold themselves accountable and so on. So that's what we call an operating system. Barrett has a really great blog post about um, the difference between a personal operating system and a company operating system. And um, we should just refer people to that in yeah. the show notes. Totally. Um, that's yeah, really I think good. That, that plus the productivity course that Chase put together would you'd be in pretty good shape, I think. Yeah. yeah. So spend some time thinking do, about do, how you're going to do unpack work. operating system for a second, though, really quick. Yeah. So we call it an operating system, just like a computer has an operating system. These are the set of um, instructions, guiding principles that you operate by. Mm-hmm. And so, as one person or as a team 
um, you should think about how you're going to get work done. So for us within Fizzle, our operating system consists of every week we show up on Monday, we um, communicate to each other what we're going to be working on during that week. Every Wednesday, we have a team meeting where the agenda is set ahead of time. We talk about things that we're stuck on. Every Friday, we check out and say, this is what I got done, this is what I didn't get done, and why. Um, we also have regular quarterly planning sessions and different themes and goals that we're working on. Um, we use tools like Asana and Slack. So it's really about productivity yeah. and about figuring out just how am I going to get work done? Yeah, like one of the things that's in the um, productivity course that I put together, there's a bunch of good little tiny little tips about that, that are just that end up changing everything. Like how to, how to write a to do item. Yeah, you know, like just how like one single to do. I unpack that, and it's worth knowing that stuff. Yeah, but but also like the this the difference between having your um yeah your actionable stuff on one list. This is like the next two weeks, Mm -hmm. and then your planning document somewhere else. Yep, you're not planning the you're not planning the project every time you're in your to do list. You're not planning. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you don't see five hundred tasks there, or you don't see like thirteen projects there. You know, you. You see the next two weeks. And and the other thing is a lot of people get stuck on this, thinking that there's some magic productivity system that's going to just make the work happen effortlessly, and that's not the case. I wrote a blog post uh, a couple of weeks ago called Hammers Don't Build Fences. You mm-hmm. build the fence. Yeah. E- e- like It's fine to look for a good hammer, but ultimately you got to swing that thing. Mm-hmm. And so just you know, spend a little bit of time thinking about productivity and then move on. Yeah, yeah which swing mean, that thing, which baby. basically means uh, you know interacting with these ideas through that post from Barrett and the productivity course in Fizzle if yep. you can. So, uh, or I, you can spend seven years on forty three folders and Life Hacker. Like totally, I did. yeah. <laughs> which is basically what Chase did before he created that course. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think the key here is just get yourself in a cadence so that there are things that always happen, and it reminds you of the work that is yet to be done. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what this does here is it allows you some space and time to say, I know at these moments in time I'm going to be checking in on what I said I was going to do. And as long as you keep that going, I think it's much harder to lose momentum because you're at least regularly checking in on where am I in this process and what's next. Because the truth is, this is your engine. This is how you, the, building this business, Fizzle is about take, making, you know, focused progress on your business week after week after mm-hmm. week after week. And what that means is step after step after step after step. And what that typically means is a plan and a, t- a task item, a task item, a task item, a task yeah. item. And you feel something that like, like when you cross off an item from the list and, and then another one automatically pops in below, like when you, when you clean out your email inbox, only to re- like, when you finally get that feeling that like, why did I just do that? There's going to be 200 more tomorrow. At the end of the day. Right. When you feel the futility of, of the work, that, that is, that is a bad thing. That's a demon that can, that can, that's a quagmire and quickstand yeah. that can, stall everything out. Right? And, and here's the thing, like most people are really good at ideas and planning because it's easy and it's fun. Yeah. But ideas and plans aren't worth the paper they're written on yeah. if you don't execute. Yeah. And um, this is all just about making sure that you can execute. Yep. Okay, so that's comp- that's your company operating system. Yeah, or if you're one person, it's your, yeah. you know, your yeah. operating system. Yep. Okay, next is to um to get to set your goals and to update your accountability log. So we talked in the previous stage about this idea of creating an accountability log. Actually, that was in um, stage two, connection. So if you're inside Fizzle, we have a place where you can start a progress log and you can share that with people. So this is a reminder to go and update the progress log and to start this accountability loop of, I'm going to set goals, I'm going to update the progress log, um, and just to, to kick that that process off. Yeah. And the first things on your list should be the rest of the things that are in this stage 
Um, so the next step is to optionally find a business partner. Mm-hmm. Um, that's step three. So, and, and this doesn't apply to everybody, but in the case of Fizzle, obviously Chase yeah. and I, uh, started working together and it just made sense to me for this business that I wanted to use a partner. In other cases, I didn't necessarily use a partner. So it's an optional thing. Um, but the, the point here is we know a lot of people are looking for partners, thinking about it. And so within fizzle, this step will have instructions for how you can find a business partner and what to be worried about, what to think about if you're, how to, how to approach that, how to like come at it where, you know, legally, like, what does this look like? And how can you set up just a simple agreement? Like what are, what are, what have we done? What have other people done that, you know, you're not, you know, four years from now, your partner Left you high and dry, but still has fifty percent of the company, <laughs> right? You and know, hasn't worked on it. In I months. will say yeah. about this this partner thing. There's some magic in finding a good partner. Now, and, and now, and now, there's a difference between let, let's actually get away from the word partner for a second and just talk about working with a team yeah. or right. an, or another person. Totally, because they're you're absolutely right. There, and I was, we were all thinking as solos for a long time, mm-hmm. and you, <laughs> lone, lone, lone wolf, yeah. <laughs> was that good? <laughs> Did you wonder what I was doing? No, did I you think, think I was like, doing like a police siren I, I think, or something? Yeah, I think I could kind of tell. Like I knew yeah. we were going lone my, wolf. Um, my, my vocal cords are a little yeah, we're all, from the we're past all pretty shot, days. you know, because yeah. we've been uh, just working so hard, working. Um, but but and all, but we do get to hear dogs every morning here in Mexico, yeah, quite loud. But but there is that magic. That magic happens, mm. and you you don't know what it's like. You just don't. Until you do it. And one you of the things. You don't know <laughs> what it's like to be the sad man <laughs> behind blue eyes. Oh, that's good. <laughs> but truly, you don't know what it's like. And it's so worth a, ch- a try. It's so worth it because everything changes when you bring someone into your thing. Now, you're probably thinking of doing it by yourself because you're, you just, you, you, you can trust yourself and you can also trust yourself to fiddle around and procrastinate too. Yeah. If, if you had a manager, they would say, I need more, I need better performance from you maybe. But when you bring someone in, it, it elevates you. And I was not expecting that to happen like that. I was expecting it to be really rough. Uh, and there are moments where, where it's most of the time it's really easy, but there are moments that Corbett calls me to my crap. Like he just, like you have had to say like, we, we don't do that here or I need that by then or that's not important. You know, this thing that I'll get all revved up about. Right. I mean, that's not important right now. Let's stick on the course. Right. Mm-hmm. It's so valuable. And I'll, I'll leave it at that because. There, it's something I would like to see more fizzlers do so much yeah. more often. And, and it could just be like, now, like ma- being in a mastermind group with someone is a little bit like a partnership. A little bit. It's a little bit like a partnership. So you're, you're enough there to where you'll already get some of that juice. But even if you work with a contractor in a, in a significant role, that's a, a great way to see if this person's mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. partner worthy yeah. or something like that. You know, that. I will say though, like, it's it's not just us. There are some of the brightest minds in investing who say they essentially won't invest in a company without co-founders, yeah. where it's just a single founder because of the value you get. When you we were talking about maybe in the future hiring a developer, and we kind of said we'd probably hire two, not one, because they do better work when they're working together like that. Yeah, we've seen it in Fizzler businesses with Andy Purdue, who runs Great Northwest Wine dot, or Wines dot com, with him and his partner. I mean. They took off like a rocket ship immediately because they were just in it and they had some expertise and they put it to work and they were, you know, on the same page about yep. it. So there's power in it for sure. All right. Okay. That's three. That's step three. Okay. S- step four is to name your company. Oh, what are you going to Full name snap. it? Because, there, you know, a rose is right by any other name is a rose, right? And if you do not prick me, do I not bleed, right? And yet 
what you call me is very important. You know, if you call me is by something uh, like say Rex, like I always thought it'd be very cool and very American to be called Rex, right? Uh-huh. Like T Rex? No, just well, I mean, I guess I can see that now. Because, Do you have a name for this guy, San- Sanjay or something? Yeah, or? Rex. No, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I get, in, I, I, I feel like I'm walking the line as it is. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Do you yeah, know what I mean, that's a good point. But, uh, but the, so talk about naming. What, what's what's I, I can't wait for us. To I I, to I can't wait for us to do naming. the naming thing because what you took us through in Fizzle, even if you just are are sort of sharing the Igor principles and the this that and the other, like it, it's super valuable. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, to some degree, you sometimes you get lucky with names. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, a lot of times. Like, I've I've heard a handful of really good names. Oh, what was the, the like, Fizzler like, emailed a uh, German dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who was it? Uh, yeah. No, wait, we can't say. I, I can't say yeah, it, but he, he he sent me a couple of names about building a, a health based blog, and one of them was pretty funny and and, and good. awesome and good. Yeah. yeah. Um, naming. Na- so my goal with naming is to make sure that your name isn't holding you back, and mm-hmm. I think that when you have a name that blends into the rest of the crowd that's trying to do the same thing that you are. I think you're doing yourself a disservice. Mm-hmm. And most people feel like I need a name that's dis- descriptive and makes me feel like one of the other players, you know, that's out there. Um, but the good names to me are names like Snapple. When that comes out, you're like, yeah. what the hell is that? You know what I mean? Um, or Yahoo. And now you're not asking what the hell is that? Right. Just like with Apple computers, like you're not asking what the hell is that? Exactly. Because it has, it, it's, it's gotten so much other meaning now. But or when they launched or- with just like, who, who names a company after a fruit? Yeah. Hey, what's up? This is Bananas Incorporated. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah. 30 years down the line, when after like you're a cultural reference point yeah. in some ways. Yep, exactly. Or Basecamp. I think Basecamp's another good example that's well-branded. And, yeah. and they've done yeah, a good exactly. job using that. As yeah, a, it could have been like the uh, power productivity system or, exactly. or the, you know, yeah. power planning tool or something right. like that. Um, so for Fizzle specifically, we just looked and there's so many like academies and universities and blah, blah, blah out yeah. there that um, we just wanted it to stand out. And we wanted a constant reminder to us um, about what we were preventing. And that is that most small businesses end up fizzling out and mm-hmm. it just, it boom. It's like, yeah, we're trying to save also people from, from those other, like the, the, those, um, you know, the things by which you score a name on, yeah. you know, how you spell it. What does it look like? Yep. What how the, does it sound? How does it sound? All of those things. It yep. scored pretty high, Yeah, which is pretty, which was fun to do because it is, I mean, regardless of the fact that we get emails occasionally of people going like, you know, that means to fail, mm-hmm. right? You know, it means like it just, it was weak. Yep. Um, and, and, but, but like Virgin, you know, as far as an airline yeah. goes, it's like, I don't want like somebody who's never flown before or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And yet it, it doesn't really hold them back. So I think there's a, there's a little initial hurdle maybe to getting people to, to recognize that. But eventually yep. when it becomes like a household thing, people inside Fizzle don't think of the name now. It's just Fizzle. Yep. That's just what it is. Yep. So, um, and whenever somebody says, well, you know, that means blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yes, we got you to think about it. You, you thought yeah. about our name, yeah. which means you don't forget that. Two right. weeks from now. Yeah. 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 We okay. talked, uh, we talked a bit more about this in the domain names. Yeah. Uh, episode. Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, we talked a lot about naming. And was that, that the one that you were curmudgeonly on? Yeah. I was a little curmudgeonly yeah. on that okay. one. I was a little, I was a little in a bad mood. It must have uh, been raining. And cold 11, in uh, that day. it was 11 tools, uh, 11 domain, domain name, how to pick up a great domain name and 11. Yeah. Tools, something like that. Something but that. we talked about the show these naming principles there too. Yeah. All right. So that was stage four. So picking a name, though, I mean, so we we don't have a course on that currently. We no. do have a great podcast. We have some, where we talk some about that because because yep. choosing a dona- domain for most of us is. I mean, we don't pick a name for a business without seeing if yeah, the domain go hand in hand. No, and that's one you of know? the critical you know questions you have to answer. Yeah. Like, is there a good domain? Yeah. that's a variation of this yeah. available. Yeah. 
Um, so, you know, that, and that can take, uh, it can take a few days if you get lucky or if you don't really care how good it is, uh, or it can take many, many weeks. And I know it feels like it's kind of a dumb thing to spend time on, but at the same time, you're stuck with that forever. Yeah. So it's a weird process too. You just kind of got to be out there exposing yourself to things and noodling on the ideas that you yeah. have as you're coming up with potentials and seeing what fits and feels good and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so. I was just obsessed when we were looking for a name for Fizzle. Yeah. And we had a couple of others that kind of fell through. And I just remember staying up really late at night for weeks. Yeah, you did a great job with it. I uh, mean, I mean, I think Fizzle is a really terrible name for a company, but I think <laughs> I, I was really proud of how much work you put into it. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, and whatever. So, uh, so that's step four. Step five. I love the name Fizzle. I love the two Zs in the inside. I'm working up a new logo. I don't know. I can't help but not but try it. Mm-hmm. Just because those two Zs in the middle, how do we not incorporate that? I know. Do you know what I mean? How do we not like make sure. that more of a thing? Yeah. Zzz, zzz, zzz. Also, I'll zzz. put in the show notes a great episode from 99% Invisible on naming. Mm. There's agencies mm. that just name things. Yep. And, um, and it's are. fascinating. Yep. It's, it's a fascinating episode. All right. Step five is to set up your business. And that means both the legal and financial aspects, just the basic stuff you need to do. So you need to figure out how you're going to operate. Um, a lot of people just start as sole proprietors. That's mm-hmm. fine. Um, but you need to look into that. Consider your options. If you have a partner, it makes it a little more complicated. You need to think about that. You also need to set up the financial stuff, which means you need a separate bank account for your business. Mm-hmm. Um, you should have, you know, some sort of accounting software. So you can pay attention to how much you're spending and how much you're taking in. Uh, in the beginning, you're just going to be spending, but you still need to track it. And that way you can write it off on your taxes and so on. Yeah, we did do an episode on accounting stuff early on. We did. This. I'll find yep. that as well and put that in the show notes because... Oh, that was a long time ago because I have no recollection. Yeah, yeah, you, were, yeah, yeah you, was, you, you were, you were yeah. still a twinkle in your father's eye. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> You're just one of millions of sperms living in your father's... I mean, you didn't have to... You didn't... I okay. mean, you know what though? I was a winner from the beginning. You were, you were. Hey, <laughs> weren't we all? Hey, weren't we all? <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Do you know some people and you're like, you really? <laughs> I was. I, you're the one out of millions that made it. Uh, I was walking down the street here in in Mexico in this little tiny town, and I said for the first time, like, we're all so lucky. We're part of one of the best species ever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we are. Just, like we already won the lottery. Let, let alone being I mean, born, it, but then be being cool born to, into this species. It'd be cool to be a whale too. I think whales well, would be pretty cool. It would yeah. be killer. Yeah. But oh. uh, to be a lot of different oh. stuff. <laughs> Is that an orca joke? We got some orca jokes going over here. I wish to God that I just went. It would be killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we have we have a good geez. episode on that. Um, there are a lot of resources out there, and uh, you have to set up your business, and and um, that's one of the steps in this. So it sounds like two keys what, are, what, are an entity and a bank account, basically. Yeah, that's what we get into in that episode. And I mean, if I had this, this none of we can't give legal advice or what you should do. But I mean, if I were starting, I would start as a sole proprietor, and once I started making some money, then I would look into uh, being able to afford like an accountant or somebody that can say, it "Looks like if your business model looks like this, and these are the you know people that you see out there." I would probably talk to someone else. Like, yeah. like that's in my same mark type and be like what LLC S Corp. I was an S Corp for a while when I was a designer that I didn't need to be that we, we needed to do so much crap that totally that made it like, and that's the thing. Like that. I, I, we've talked about this before. I know that we've answered this question a number of times in Q and a episodes. A lot of times the best answer is just to keep things as simple as possible. Yeah. Avoid getting lawyers involved at all costs until you need to, because they're expensive yep. and it just, sucks your time and energy when you should be focused on the next things which are all about actually yeah. building something. Yeah. So me personally it would be uh 
yeah, the whatever the the LLC sole proprietor, or sole proprietor and have a separate bank account, and then you can yep. change things later if you need to. Yep. Yep. Um, okay, so I'm realizing now that this may make sense to break up it in two stages eventually. I can imagine. So the first five. Well, that we've I just like it. About, I like it all being in here. Like for instance, like naming and and entity stuff in build instead of in plan. Right. Because planning, I like, I like, because there is a difference. You plan some stuff, get, stay focused on the audience before you start fiddling with your name. Yes, absolutely. You know? but, but what I'm thinking is almost that, um, this all could, could be part of setup. Really, there's a little bit of setup stuff you have to do, almost administrative stuff yeah. before the building. So the next three steps are pretty meaty, right? Okay. So these ones, you know, it's kind of a, a nice little package of the five that we've gone through. The next three are really meaty, Let's and this is going to take you a long time. So uh, step six is to build your website. Mm-hmm. You Ugh. need a calling card on the web that starts Don't to... Go, Ugh. Just listen, just use Squarespace. Quit fiddling just, or or like get a WordPress site up if you really need to and put on lead pages. And if you need all these damn plugins or something like that, fine, go do it. Yeah. But, but just go with the easiest possible solution. Don't try to DIY your way through it. Drum up, drum up a, a thousand bucks to work with a yeah. designer or if you need to. But just start with Squarespace first, drag and drop, fiddle around, see what works. Spend six months on that and, and see my, exactly how it yep. does not limit you. And my preference would be, um, instead of trying to like create this masterful story and about page and blah, blah, yeah. blah, that's going to change over time. What I would recommend is think about your topic, your audience, the problem that you're trying to solve and just set up a really simple, uh, site with like a couple of pages. One of them, your about page, whatever, that's fine, yeah. but don't spend too much time on it. And this, the main, uh, landing page should really offer something and to try to capture email addresses basically yep. to either say, Hey, we're working on an innovative solution to X or, Hey, here's a guide that we made on 10 tips to blank. Yeah. And that should be, you know, whatever All you're you trying is, to solve. It's something super simple. A checklist. Or, or sign up for this five part email series. Or sign up for like, Hey, if you're, if you're, uh, an executive who struggles with your driver, uh, on the range, I've, I've found the 10 best resources for that. I put them all together in this PDF. Yeah. Uh, and even if it's just a one page sort of links to other blog posts, just that. Like, yeah. and it's not a, it's not a shyster move to get people in because now they're like, okay, you're a person who's curating the best information for me. You yeah. might be able to help me more. Uh, so I get this thing from you. Hopefully that's super helpful. Uh, go make sure that it's super helpful for, for your target market. And now you have a, now you have a pact with them that you're going to provide useful, valuable things to them. Yeah. yeah. You know, and for me, you need like three pages at this stage. You need a homepage, a blog page, and an about page. And that's probably, I it. think your blog is your homepage. Yeah. And sure. With, so a, with a feature box on top. May, maybe if you decide to blog, some people might not want that's to. True. We'll get into You're that. Right. We'll right. get into Sorry. that next. Okay. But we'll but, get into that next. But and we have a great, we have a great course on, uh, Design, designing your website for, you yep. know, for business builders, for not for designers, for people who are, who are like, I need to build a business. It's like, how do I think about designing my website? Mm. And I walk you through all of it. Yep. And, uh, to accompany that is the redesign that you did for nerd fitness. Yeah. Um, which and is, there's, which, which there's some, really great. some live footage in there of me and Steve talking about some of the questions you should be. The most important thing about your design is not your design. It's the questions you ask yourself about what should be on your site, right? What the words are, what the copy but, is. But the goal here is, so it's very easy to be forgettable and it's it, just think about your day online. You see hundreds of different sites and you, you're clicking here, clicking there, bunch of tabs open, right? Like the rest of us. And, if you're building a business, your goal is to make some lasting connection with people so yeah. that when you do have something to offer, like your minimum viable product or something else, you can get back in touch with those people. So if you just have a, a, a brochure page up, 
with no way for people to follow you on a social network or to give you their email address, then you're just missing out. Right. Yeah. So the first step to me is before you go and start blogging or podcasting or anything, is just to have a, a place where somebody can connect with Which you. Which is, by the way, the most common response when we ask successful internet people, what do you wish you would have done sooner Start in your business? My email list sooner. Email list. And the, the best way to do that is not just throwing up a form on your site. It really is saying, listen, I serve people who have this problem. This is the best thing I could put together for you with this problem right now. It could be a 10-step checklist. Mm-hmm. It could be five uh, resources you absolutely must read that you just it's you know it's a one page thing that you link to these right. things and you and, and your thoughts on why they're mm-hmm. so great yeah definitely. it could be super super simple it does not have to be complicated but offer something yeah and and, and wow them delight and, them and that's, go above and beyond that's not a small point I I think people could kind of gloss over that offering something in exchange for an email address is a proven tactic it's a very powerful thing yeah. and um, what you're trying to do at this point is to build enough connections with people that when you offer your product, you don't have to like scratch your head, like, how am I going to get people to learn about this product? You have a list of people who have said that they're somewhat yeah. interested, and you can reach out to them. Yeah, so, and I mean, four years ago, when I was doing Father Apprentice, like I really didn't want to look like like the sleazy people that I saw online. And everybody's offering some, I knew I would download it and just be BS and be stupid, and it would feel gross. I'd be like, even though actually most of the ones that I've ever downloaded it as just trial and error, uh, to, they've been like, yeah, there's some good points in there. Surrounded by a bunch yeah. of crap. So I didn't want to look like that, so yeah. I was afraid of it. Now, I know better. Yeah. And I would go, and I would just say, I'm going to make something, just, I'm going to make something cool. Just and just give away stuff. some really great value. Like, yeah. What if you had like my five best tips for getting through your first three months of fatherhood? Yeah. Holy shit, Like yeah. that's valuable. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. So, okay. Um, I lied. There actually are nine steps in this Holy stage. We're now goodness. at six. That was uh, step number six. So step number seven is to set up social media profiles. And um, you have to choose yeah. which And this ones. is kind of a part of the naming thing. You know, yeah. you're looking up a domain. You're also probably wanting to look up like, okay, Facebook. And there's in that domain uh, episode that we did, there's 11 resources uh, actually, I think there's a few more that I've added that are um, for like, you know, checking uh, like domainer.com. They check not only like versions of that name on different uh, TLDs, but also like if that name is available in social places mm. like Facebook, Twitter. Uh, yeah, name check. That's uh, a good one. Name, name check, stuff yep. like that. It's yep. really, it, it can be really helpful. Saves you a lot of time. Yeah. And don't search through GoDaddy or something for those because I, so, every time I do, someone buys it. On this one, um, you want to, well, I'll ask a question, quick, yeah. but I think my hypothesis, hypothesis would be you want to grab your name everywhere yeah. and then maybe pick a couple. Is that what you would yeah, suggest? So, so if you come up with a great name um, and it happens that it's available on a lot of different platforms, snap those up because you're yeah. going to kick yourself if you don't. Yeah. However, um, you don't want to suddenly spread yourself across 20 different platforms and try to build profiles there. Right. I think you should pick one right now. Um, one channel that you think your audience is most likely to hang out in, and that's the place that you're active, and that's the place where you're interacting with people. Yeah. So, um, in a lot of cases, it's going to be Facebook. You know, that's kind of a common place for people yeah. to hang out. Um, if you're in the arts, it might be Instagram. If you're into, um, cute home stuff or jewelry or whatever, it might be Pinterest. Like yeah. you kind of have to pick your battles here, right. but you want to be on a platform so that people can reach out to you and realize that you're a real person mm, yeah. and you will link from your website to this, you know, so people can go check it out. And in, in fact, better yet, what you should do is 
drive everybody to sign up for an email list. And then after they sign up for an email list, say, Hey, we're also on Pinterest. Go follow us there. Yeah. That's one of the things that, that I go over in the design course is like, okay, all those social buttons that you want to be there. Neat. You're just confusing people. Really minimal. Yeah. There's one call to action across the site. Yep. Okay. So, uh, we won't go into that. There's a whole lot of stuff that you should know. Like we just yesterday set up our Instagram for physical. Yeah. Right. Which is what? Uh, fizzle team. It's team fizzle. Team fizzle. Yeah. So go on Instagram, follow team fizzle because we're going to have some great stuff there. And guess yeah. what? We started making money without our Instagram. <laughs> we did. That's true. It's true, Barrett. Um, however, tw- we were on Twitter like right away. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's a valuable channel for us. In fact, yeah, yeah. we get a lot of customer support requests through Twitter. We get, all kinds we get of a lot stuff. of shout outs. Because Twitter's the one we understand most. We, yeah. We're on Facebook as well, but we don't, we've never, we've never done a lot <laughs> yeah. there. And so I'm trying to pick that up. We should up, do more. It's uh, true. But, and now we're getting more conversation going on there. Yep. But uh, and as a company grows, you can do more of that though. But yep. up front, us doing Twitter has paid off and it's been good and it's the right oh, yeah. channel That's for my, us. That's my always my advice is is yep. pick one. Yep. Pick one that feels the most at home to you. Yep. And okay. then and then set up the accounts elsewhere. Exactly. Just so you have them. Bada bing, bada boom. Next. All right. So uh, we've gone through seven steps, and uh, so far we've got an operating system. We've got goals. We're updating our progress log. We've thought about a business partner. We've named our company. We've set up our business. We have set up our website and our social media profiles. Okay, now it's time to start really building. And there are two important things that you need to build. And you can kind of decide on the order in which you want to build them. We recommend going with audience first, at least leading with the audience and then starting to build your product. Some people go product first and then they work on their audience afterwards. Um, I I always champion doing both at the same time. I love the idea of, okay, I know I've done all this work to figure out who my audience is. I've talked to them. I understand the problem pretty dang well. Yep. I'm going to start, I'm going to do 12 blog posts on this topic. Yep. Right. And I'm going to, I'm going to beat, I'm going to beat it to death. Yep. I'm going to really figure this thing out. And guess what? Cause the goal is that those 12 blog posts are 12 chapters in a book that I can sell using Gumroad for $5 or $29 or whatever you want. Right. So now you've got a product and you've, you've started sort of building the audience along yep. the way, getting feedback, hopefully in the comments from social or something like yep. that. Slowly, slowly, slowly. But now you've put together a book and now you get to write more and more and more and more traffic comes to your site to, yep. to see the book. It, 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 but in that case, it, it, having that sort of, I mean, I've never done that, but if I was starting right now, I would. Well, so, you know? so just to kind of get the big picture view here, um, Essentially, you have a hypothesis right now. Yeah. So you've been doing all this planning. You've talked with some potential customers. You have this hypothesis that there is this group of people out there who have a problem and that you are going to be able to come up with a solution that's compelling enough that they're willing to pay you money for it. Yeah. Okay. And this is where the rubber hits the road. What you need to do now is build up enough of an audience and enough of a product that you can test that hypothesis to say, do these people, are they reachable, first of all? Mm. Do they care? And if so, will they buy this product or will they buy something like it? Um, and so we call these the minimum viable audience and the minimum viable product. Mm-hmm. The minimum viable product, the MVP, that's, we talked a little bit about that in a past episode. That's a concept that, um, the lean startup has championed. Yeah. And the goal there is, um, really just to get something out the door so that you can get feedback as soon as possible because you want to go through this long period of building. What's stuff. an example of a minimum viable product? Uh, well, Fizzle, for example, uh, was, was one that we did. So basically we spent only seven weeks. We time boxed it and said, mm-hmm. we're going to give ourselves seven weeks, get it out the door, get feedback from people and start iterating on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm really I think, glad but I mean, that. you could go a lot leaner than that and just have a, a landing page, right? So you could have a landing page and you're just testing for 
do, do people are, are they interested in this topic as I've put yes, it together? Yes, but you have done that already at this point because no, no, of the, you're the right. website. You're right. But I mean, the idea is, okay, so say you're, you're building your minimum viable audience by blogging, social media, interacting. You try to get some guest post spots. You just do that. It's, it's hustle and flow. You got to make it, make it count, right? Yep. Then uh, it, through that, you sort of like, maybe you write a, to- a blog post on a topic that people are like really... It, People are like, wow, this is interesting. Uh, I'm so glad you wrote this. I was thinking about this. Yada, yada, yada. Like, well, well, maybe there's a product in this. Maybe there's a book to sell on this. Maybe there's a right. an audio journey I could put together on this. So you put together a landing page on that and and maybe throw $50 at Google AdWords targeting a handful of things or Facebook ads, even better, um, just to see what of, of the 300 people that uh, fit the sort of audience segmenting that I've put together. Mm-hmm. How many of those, A, clicked the ad, B, put in their email once they got to the page? Hey, I'm making it. This is get your copy as soon as it's out or whatever, right? That so I will agree with this in that if, so let's say you have 250 people on an email list. So you've done some work. You've written your first 10 posts. They're resonating or whatever because you know that they actual, actually solve problems for the customers that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And now you've got your, your first product hypothesis. It's like this problem is the most pressing need executives who play golf want to hit the ball straight off the tee because it makes them look good and they don't care about the short game or putting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to solve that one. So a landing page for that to see how many of your existing larger audience fit into that bucket is valuable, I think, because now they can ident- they can raise their hand up front before the product is made and say, hey, when this product is made, I want to be the first one to know about this because I have this problem. And so in that way, you're right, Chase, that I think you can test demand a little bit for the product itself. Yeah, so it's like the it, the early, early, earliest MVP is yeah. like, uh, is this headline clickable? And you can right. you can run different ads to see which ones get more interest. Yep. And so it could be more about the short game right. or more about that. It's just ways to spend a little money to, to test something out. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, like uh, you you don't have to necessarily spend And Nathan money. Berry did a, a great job of this early on. And I love his story because he kind of built a little tiny audience but he had a product in mind, right, when he got started writing on his site in earnest. Yep. And he posted this landing page for designing web apps, which was his first product, to um, Hacker News at the time. Yep. And so it was just a link to a landing page. And it was before they just immediately kicked that stuff off there. And he got 400 people to sign up for to know about the product. Right. And so he then had more people who wanted to know about the product than he had on his email list. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's valuable yeah. because it is a way, and I'm not saying it's going to happen to everyone, but I am saying it's a good way to well, find and, out. And that's why that's why I recommend going audience first because right. you learn stuff along the way with the yeah. audience. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, because you yeah. went product first, you could start building, he could have started building this designing web apps thing and maybe it would have worked out or maybe right. he would have spent three months building it. And, and I could show you a lot of examples it. where they did that and it did work out. And I could show you several yeah. others that, that right. it didn't. Exactly. And then, but then they took that and turned it in, into something else. And like, oh, I realized that the mistake I made, like with our golf example right. one, right? The One of the things you'd learn early on is that executives aren't surfing around uh, the web on that. Sort right. of thing. They're in magazines, or they're or they're like, I'm just going to go straight to the golf pro because right. I can afford it. Right. You know what I mean? So it's so, it, 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 you learn that stuff by talking to the audience, but you learn a lot of it also by trying stuff out and going like, why isn't this working? Right. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about deciding whether it's audience first or product first or yeah. whatever. But the point is, you have to build an audience, a small one, and build a product, a basic one, and put those two things together and see if see if magic happens. Right. So let's talk a little bit about building the audience. Um, how do you do that? So yeah. 
what what should somebody do if they want to build an audience? Well, we can't really get into the whole thing just, here. Just right? in two, well, in two I think seconds. number one is you, you need to pick a channel. So and yep. for me, there's essentially three. It's do you want to write blog posts? Do you want to have a podcast? Or do you want to do video as your primary outlet mm-hmm. for yep and so so what we're saying is you're you're doing content though yes. you're using content yeah. to build an audience and i think the there, there is there is another there and not that we necessarily teach it it's just a lot of people uh, we we know that's what we do that's our yep. bread and butter yep. and we know that really well like i think of jason glassby friend of mine who started paleo plan and started uh uh a bunch of stuff throughout and he's like he's always like i'm just too lazy to build an audience yeah. so i find someone with a big audience and I have a product that then I go like, hey, let's put together a little deal. Yeah. Like you, you promote this to your people. I'll give you a yep. cut of what we do. And, and that's how he grew Paleo Plan to this massive big thing. Exactly. You know, and, and so that's with no audience at all. And but yeah, then I mean, once they're signing up, now he has an audience and, and then he started blogging and, and doing more and, and more. And an more. audience doesn't have to mean that you have a blog or a podcast. You yeah. could, if, if you figure out a decent way to get people to sign up for an email list because they're anticipating something from you, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. You know, in the startup world, uh, all the time, there are companies that, you know, like um, the mailbox app, for example, yeah. that was one where people were lining up for invitations to use this app, right. even though they hadn't mm-hmm. put out any content yet, just on the the promise of what the problem yeah. Which is more traditional stuff of like, we were hearing about that in the press or word of mouth. Exactly. Right. And then there's, there's other businesses and people who sell things just purely on Instagram. Like you're talking about artists. You were telling me about these artists who like, they don't blog. They don't have a big like presence. They're just out on there. Instagram. It's just on Instagram and they have tons of followers. And they're selling like massive pieces of art mm-hmm. through it. Yep. Just, like email me. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like that. So this is like, like to your point of a channel. Um, I think we, like we, had, we would include social networks as a channel. Yeah. There's a hundred well. channels, you know, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of channels that you can go through and that's, yep. you know, that's the yep. growth conversation. But, but the idea also, if you're going to be a writer, like, so guest posting is something that we've always being featured on other podcasts, somehow having something newsworthy that uh, you try, you try to drum up interest from traditional journalists, you know, yeah. and get people talking. Now about you can imagine um, if you were, if you wanted to be an author, for example, that um, maybe you don't want to bother building your own audience because you can go straight to Amazon and you know, they have an audience there Mm -hmm. Um, but you still have to prime the pump so if you put your thing up on amazon and you don't get any reviews right away you're gonna have a hard time rising up in the rankings so that's where a little focused email list at least of 100 people this doesn't have to be that big you guys it's like you just want to prove that the thing you've built is sellable and as few as 100 people could do that now there's sort of this law of conversions where any product that you're going to sell is unlikely to convert more than like 10% of the audience that you have. Yeah. But a lot of times it's going to convert maybe 1%. So if you have a hundred people on an email list, um, for you to be able to, um, for you to be able to sell more than one or two copies is pretty low. So that's why, you know, you might want to try to aim for at least a few hundred people yeah. that you can reach out to. So there are a lot of channels. The traditional ones are people tend to blog they tend to um, create videos on something like YouTube. They tend to podcast. And don't forget that your social media profiles are also a way of building an audience Definitely. and your email list yeah, is as well. Yeah, and I think, I mean, there are real, like those examples in Instagram or even like Vine or, right. or stuff like that where that's all they do. Yep. And they have a massive audience and Doritos partners with them to put something out. And it's the same, know? it's the same principle. You're putting out something, some piece of content that people want. They're right. connecting with you. Yeah. And they, they get to know, like, and trust you. Yeah. So those are all, tr- those are all channels. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yep. And I think at the end of the day, though, we're, I think you want to own your audience. Yeah. I think that you want to have an email list that you can get in touch with 
for your first product, next product, whatever, over time. There's certainly, there's certainly so much, so much value in email. And you would, if you had to choose, if you could choose, then totally. But when you find that your Instagram account is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and you don't know how to bring them online. But if, if you're an artist and you're selling art on Instagram and your customers buy from you because of your Instagram feed, you're going to collect their email when they buy. From and the so customers. From, but from the what, five but, people who buy. Like, like, like you're just selling $30,000 pieces of art. Like, yeah. we're not necessarily... But those are your customers, though, and now you have an email with them, yes. and that is valuable. Yeah, totally. of course. Of Absolutely. Course. So yep. over time, totally. I do think that anyone wants to own their audience. If they can, but also... And I, and I also think that you're not necessarily limited. I mean, an Instagram going out might be as valuable as an email going out. Could uh, be. You know, it, it, depending on, I mean, from that account. You know it what I mean? From be. that totally. account. So different totally. accounts have different engagement. I will say this, though, to agree with Barrett. Um, it's usually a dangerous idea to rely on one channel yeah. uh, in the long term. It's fine to get started that way because maybe it's your only choice. Right. But ultimately, you want to spread things out because yeah. we see all the time how somebody spends so much time on yeah. Facebook or Twitter or something, and then they get, either get shut down or, or they or just change, changes their algorithm. Or they just change the rules a little bit about how you operate there. And so it's best to spread it out if you can eventually. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Again, the goal is to build enough of an audience that when you create a product, you can test whether or not they're yeah. actually going to buy and it. And that when you create a product, you know what to create. Yes. And, and you've already got in, in interactions with these people going like, so tell me more about this. That was unclear. And you're like, well, you didn't understand that? Like, no. And oh, okay. Well, here's, here's what I meant by that. Yep. Yeah. You, and I think that is so valuable. Built into this stage should be a mindset of as much interaction with that audience as possible. Because, you know, we talked about that back in whatever stage that was where we do the customer interviews. That shouldn't stop, in my opinion. You continue to have those yeah. conversations to reinforce 100%. what you're learning from yeah. them. And so it kind of become this, becomes this cycle of audience building where mm. you're bringing new people in, you're having in-depth conversations with them, you're learning their problems, and then we move into this product phase. Yep. All right. So the last step in this uh, stage yeah. is to build your minimum viable product. And mm. when we say product, we also can mean any revenue channel essentially when you chose in the last in the planning stage what your business archetype would be baked into that is a little bit about what your revenue model might be mm-hmm. so your revenue model could be sponsorships mm-hmm. let's say you know you're going to build a podcast well then instead of building a product you're going to be testing out sponsorships right. to see if that actually works right. if you are a freelancer then your product would be a service you know, you're offering something mm-hmm. um, as a consultant, essentially. So there are different ways to look at the MVP, but the goal here is how can I create something that solves a problem for this audience that I built uh, in a way that they are willing to pay money for? An MVP, minimum viable product, is a term that came from the Lean Startup. Yeah. Uh, maybe Steve Blank already did that before know. Lean. But, uh, and it just means like, what's the smallest thing you can put out there to test the interest yep. in this thing? Exactly. And, and there's, uh, there's a great article that we put together on, uh, deconstructing your MVP because a lot of the times what's in your head when you think of like, okay, what should I build? Small thing. Okay. I'll build this. That is actually like more like version three. Yeah. And, right. uh, and here's how you can undesign that. Yep. Two times to sort of do that. We get into that. Mm-hmm. I'll put that in the show notes. Um, do for that. You. Uh, so that's like that's all of the steps. That's- Those are all the steps, and obviously, um, you know, depending on what kind of product you're building or service or whatever, there's a lot of you know details that you're yeah. gonna have to learn in order to build that thing. Um, but we want to get you guys in the mindset of seeing the big picture and not getting 
sucked into the hamster wheel of trying to build an audience forever yeah. without building a product to find out if, because we've seen this like where people are working on building an audience for a couple of years, never get around to building a product and they end up flaming out because definitely because they, you know, if you don't have money coming in and you feel like this is a business and it, it, yeah. it's defeating after a while. Yeah, it definitely does. So, so you have to see this for what it is. An audience is a tool. You know, a product is is something a, a way to make money, and you need to build both and and put the two together. Mm-hmm. So, those are the nine steps uh, to stage four, which was building. Yeah. And um, you know, it feels very clinical laying it all out like this. And, and and every time that you do this, it will not be clinical. Mm-hmm. But knowing that these stages exist, because the truth is, mo- a lot of your mi- building your minimum viable audience will end up happening when you're back in the connection phase and you couldn't help but like set your blog up and start writing some things Mm -hmm. you know and all of this is kind of all happening at the same time in some ways but you gotta do you you gotta there's gonna be one line on each uh, one item on each of these lines you know what I mean exactly it's the only way that 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 it can be expressed and so in this stage we've started to spread out a little we spread the milestones out a little bit as you move through this stage yeah absolutely uh, yeah because minimum viable audience and minimum viable product I mean we're talking like this could take uh, a month, it could take uh, two years. Well, yeah, exactly. And I think that for most people, the the audience will probably take longer than the product. It, it's well, hard to say because well, you, you don't have a number there. Like yeah. it's not like it's not like once you get a hundred people on your email list, you're done with your minimum viable audience. No, but what you know, I it's what, just like you know, generally it can keep going. Uh, what I would say is you know, uh, start writing or podcasting or whatever, and get in the swing of things enough that you have um, enough people that you can get good feedback from, so mm-hmm. that you can figure out what. MVP to build and then start on the MVP. And when you're done with the MVP and ready to launch it, then just consider yourself done with the the irony of this uh, to me is, is like, is, is like, Oh yeah, you start writing. Uh, or podcasting or, or doing video stuff. And the truth is like, that's your job. And like, now you're a technician. Yeah. Like I got here to Mexico and I pulled out this whole swath of cords and cables and, and microphones yeah. and all of these filters and all of this stuff. And I've got, I know how to audio, I know how to do audio. Right. Do you know what I mean? And so the, and I know how to do design. I know how to do video because I fiddle around with it for 15 years. Yeah. You know, I got a computer early on and just, and so, so, and yet, and that's my job. Yeah. And watching these people who are trying to build their business and they're, they can write. Everybody can write. If, if you can talk, you can write. I don't believe in, you know, that, that BS. You can, you can write. Okay. Everybody can do that. But when you, when you're trying to put in code or trying to, deal with this way and, and like do the design yeah and then you're like what do we mean podcast like i don't know how to, or like you know all this stuff like there's right. a lot of stuff to really learn if you don't know and there, and it's easier than ever like the, to put together a site on squarespace is just so simple yep it was like we never had any tools like that you know uh, and same thing with with podcasting and stuff like that but the idea is like this, be a professional. This sounds That's really the idea. Well, but but also, but also like, you're committing to something. Yeah. Like when you decide you're going to start podcasting, it's like suddenly you're a podcaster. If you looked yes. at, if you told, if, if I told you what I did for a living, I would say like, oh, well, we help we help budding entrepreneurs build build businesses. We build a community for them. Yada yada yada. But what I do every day is email, writing, editing, editing audio. podcasts, yeah. producing um, videos, making images for sort of like using yep. Photoshop. What I what I do every day is extremely technical. Yep, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's tough. And and so we do all of that, but we, we aren't podcasters. We use a podcast as a way yeah. to build an audience yeah. because we have this thing that we sell them. And, yeah. and it's an it's an unfortunate reality of being this kind of entrepreneur. You're gonna have a lot of stuff to do. And just thinking about what it takes to build a successful podcast, let alone building a product at the same time yeah. or whatever. 
So that's why you have to be focused. You have and to yet, make things this as stuff simple as you can. All happens, and in it's time. also why you just pick one at each of these. Yeah, things. exactly. You know, don't go in and try and say. But I do like, mean it. This that, stuff will happen. Don't like do as, that. as challenging and as as overwhelming as it is, it'll yeah. like give yourself some time. Take the pressure off and allow yourself to explore what the, what it's like for you yourself to do this. Yep. And you're going to figure it out. Yep. And, you know, take the pressure off it because. Because this is really an enjoyable moment in your business it and is. in your life. You're discovering so much about yourself and about the world around you. This is killer. Yeah. And this stage is a monster and a lot of people get stuck here. And um, we hope that if you're listening to this, you realize that you just you just got to get through it yeah. and get your product out and, there. And that you realize you like you can do this. You are doing it. Yep. You're doing it right now. So yeah. this was stage four. Yep. We've and, got two more uh, stages left. Up next is... Up next is money. Money. And uh, we're going to be... Money, 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 money. Yep. Money. <laughs> I have been Chase Boardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I've been Barrett Brooks. And I will make some money on the next one. Or, or another or not. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. Fizzleshow.co slash 103. 103. So we're going to find the graphic quotes and links from this episode. And I want to know, what do you think? Are you in this stage? Are you in the build stage? Let us know in the comments. Tell us what it's like. What does it feel? I want to know, what does it feel like there? And were there points in this episode that you really resonated with or that you were confused by? You can find all that at fizzleshow.co slash 103. Here's an iTunes review from Trudy in the U.S. of A. She says, it's my guilty pleasure. I'm catching up on older episodes and love when I run into the beginning of an inside joke. Well, Trudy, thank you so much for your iTunes review. We also love running into you. Our goal here is to help you make progress in your business every single week. If you leave us an iTunes review, it can help other entrepreneurs find this show. You've heard me say that before. Could you please leave us an iTunes review? I'd love to hear from you. Simply search for the show in the iTunes store and click write a review. So, man, building. Building is so much fun. Such tiring. So stress. Wow. Hopefully viewing things zoomed out like this can help you see that there are more steps here than just getting your website up. Find care. Take care. Serve hard and dig in. Thanks. And I'll talk to you in the next episode when we get into stage five of the roadmap, which is money. (laughs) I think you're going to like that one. The Fizzle Show keeps me going. It reminds me just to keep swimming, to not quit, to just keep moving forward. And I know that if I keep doing that, everything will be all right. Hi, it's Andrew Buttery here from BlenderTraining.com. Thanks, guys. You're doing a fantastic job on the podcast, uh, enjoying every single one. And by the end of it, I usually have something to do or something to think about and always a smile on my face so it's uh, one of the highlights of my week when I'm listening to it going to work as far as my favourite moment it'd have to be Djibouti Hey, this is Kaylin Huntress of FatherFitness.net. I run a website that helps fathers, young and old to be the better dad in their times of difficulty And the only regret I have about joining Fizzle is that I didn't do it sooner. If I had access to these courses and this community back when I was first starting out, it would have been like rocket fuel for my business. Fizzle rocket fuel. Fizzle fuel. Man.
I feel so envious of the newbies in Fizzle because they're getting such a head start over people who have to figure things out on their own. Whenever I go into the forums, I, I meet with lots of my kinds of people. All these clever bloggers and gutsy entrepreneurs who are smart enough to go to a place where they can ask the right questions. I love hanging out with these people. All these fizzlers have become my friends because I know right where they are and what they're dealing with. There's a lot of people in the fizzle forums like me who have advanced skills and want a mastermind about higher level goals. I mean, if you want to get a mastermind group of, together in Fizzle, you just throw your hat out there and you immediately get a handful of interested people who are all great matches. And Fizzle Fridays are incredible. It's this weekly drop-in mastermind session hosted by one of the three main Fizzle guys, and you can bring your problem to the group and get it workshopped and get tons of great ideas. I love the Fizzle podcast, and I hate podcasts. I don't ever listen to podcasts, but I got hooked into the Fizzle show because it's fun and it's exciting and engaging. And every week I get three or four solid, actionable ideas that I can use right away to improve my skills as a laptop entrepreneur. In short, I would sing the praises of Fizzle all day long if I could even carry a tune. But I can't, and Chase is much better at karaoke than, like, anybody. And those random bursts of song he does, they always bring a smile to my face. Joining Fizzle was one of the best decisions I ever made, and I'm always telling my friends to join it too. Guys, this is Dave Stewart Jr. of TeachingTheCore.com. Thank you for this podcast, and thank you for your jokes about hemorrhoid cream. They've inspired me to better serve my audience and the world 